Welcome to the Board Game Design Lab podcast. Each week, we want to bring you an insightful interview on a specific topic in board game design to help you design and create games people love. And now, here's your host, Gabe Barrett. What's up, my friends? Welcome to the Board Game Design Lab. Today, we're talking about content, but we're talking about content as marketing. We're talking about ways to to create content, whether it's blog posts, YouTube videos, podcasts, whatever, that bring people to your brand, bring people to your games, bring people to your publishing company, whatever you're trying to bring them to, that you use that content to do so. And we're talking to Chris Rollins, uh, a guy that knows a good bit about it. He's got a really cool YouTube channel, one that I've subscribed to, one I follow, a cool blog, one that I, it's a blog that I check every week to send out in the uh, the weekly email to people just to see if there's new stuff on there. Uh, Chris is a designer, got two games that, he, that he's designed under my bed which is a cool one about uh well chris what was was under my bed about it's like fighting monsters at bedtime under my bed is a story of a kid who is trying to figure out which monster is hiding underneath their bed so uh this kid is like okay how can i figure this out and what they do is they make a monster costume and then they go into the woods (laughs) and they talk to all these monsters and try to decide uh if they can figure out which monster is hiding underneath their bed so meanwhile the other monsters are kind of like we smell a kid, but we don't know who around <laughs> is the kid because yeah. the costume is so uh, you know so believable. So basically, it's a kind of a bluffing deduction game where um, the monsters are trying to figure out who the kid is, and the kid is trying to figure out which monster is secretly underneath their bed. Yeah, but super interesting theme, super like not been done before kind of thing, which is really awesome, unique theme. And then Last Garden, which just funded on Kickstarter. First of all, welcome to the show, Chris. Really appreciate you being on the show. I forgot that little. little I'm tidbit. glad to be here. <laughs> I'm super excited to be here. Actually, like. Uh, I binged uh, all of the episodes when I was going to Unpub, uh, and it was it was an awesome treat. And I was using my free Wi-Fi that I somehow got on the plane to tweet about how useful um, some of your episodes are to people. So I really I'm really glad to be here. Awesome, man! I really appreciate that. Uh, but then Last Garden was just funded on Kickstarter. Congrats on that! And that's you're you're a robot, and basically after the world has kind of ended, and you're you're putting together a garden. So tell me tell yeah. me more about that one. So uh, The Last Garden is kind of another weird theme. That's kind of the theme of our company, I guess. But The Last Garden is the story of uh, a woman who's the last woman on Earth, and she found all these robots, and she reprogrammed them into robotanists. And she's (laughs) using these robotanists to help her build an artificial garden in the wastelands of the post-apocalypse. She's trying to bring some beauty back into the world, and these robots are going to help her do it. So there's no moisture or anything like that left, really. Uh, So they're making a garden out of metals and gems, and the players are actually competing to become the queen's favorite group of robots. That's awesome. Uh, so yeah, congrats about that. Now let's let's kind of dive into the topic content as marketing. Now this is yeah. something that comes up a lot in the business world or in the information products uh, niches of things. You know, people trying to sell online products and things like that, or people just trying to get you to their ice cream business or their floral, whatever it is, where you put out cool content that drives people to your company. But let's talk about it from the board game standpoint because mm-hmm. you do some really cool stuff online, things that I follow. And so let's talk about that. First, define what do you what do you define as content marketing in the board game space? Well, you know, in general, the the concept of content marketing is pretty simple, and that's true in board games or true, you know, in traditional uh, mediums. You know, my day job, I am the community and content manager for a brick and mortar store called Mox Boarding House here in Seattle. It's a brick and mortar game store. We actually have two locations, uh, so I do do this, uh, you know, sort of as my day job as well. Um, but the whole concept of content marketing is basically creating things, content that people get value from. 
And you're doing it, uh, the key to it is you're doing it in a very unselfish way. So basically, you're going to create something that other people can, you know, watch or read or listen to, and they can uh, learn something um, or maybe, you know, make them smile or they enjoy that thing that you're creating. And then eventually, after you've built up sort of enough of rapport, uh, it allows you the opportunity to ask them to support something else that you're doing. That's kind of like the core of content marketing. Uh, there's a book by a fellow named Gary Vaynerchuk. It's called Jab, 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 Right Hook. Yep. And basically it's the idea that like you're going to give away all of this free stuff to make other people's lives better. And eventually you're going to build up enough you know, social equity to say, hey, I have a game coming out. I would really love it if you would check it out and possibly support it. That's yeah. the whole concept of content marketing in a nutshell. And I think it really works really well for board games because as as you know, Gabe, talking to all the people that you've talked to on the podcast, uh, it's an industry that is very much still about face-to-face -face relationships yep. and networking and community building. And so it's really a natural fit, I think, for people who want to be involved in the community anyway. That's kind of how I got my start with um, NPC Cast was the first sort of content that I was creating. And it really came out of a desire to be involved in the community. I saw all these people that were like making stuff and I was like, oh, I want to make something. I want to make RPG content that helps people learn how to be better dungeon masters or better game masters and that was kind of like the inspiration for that and then you know four years later when i come out with a game i say hey everyone like i've been giving you free you know podcasts every week for the past four years uh would you mind checking out my kickstarter and if you like it please support it and that's basically what content marketing is in a nutshell uh i like it because i'm not one of those people you know one of those marketers who likes to be very very sales yeah. mini and I think that content marketing, when done properly, truly comes from a place where it's like, I want to provide people with a good experience. And then all I want is, you know, the the opportunity to ask them to support something I'm doing. Yeah, absolutely. You know, maybe the best way I've ever heard it put, just kind of in like a one sentence form, is to get what you want, help everybody else get what they want. Yep. So if you can put out content and put out ideas or, or put out different things to help them get to where they want to be, whether it's with games or whatever, then eventually, like you're saying, with jab, 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 right hook, eventually that's going to come back and they're going to feel like, okay, yeah, you help me a lot. I feel like I maybe uh, can help you a lot. And again, it goes in the relationship. When people know you, they've heard your voice or they've seen your writing or seen your videos, they, they feel that connection to you and you're more likely to support people that you feel like you know, even if you know, don't know them at all. You're more right. likely to support them, and that that's definitely the case. Now, let's talk about your blog. So, sure. what are some of the kind of things that you that you put out on the blog that that help people in different ways, and then eventually lead back to what you're working on? So, the core concept of 1000 XP, which is the company that I co-founded with um, my friend Matt Christensen, is basically our entire mission is to inspire imagination and encourage creativity. So, we almost see ourselves in some ways as content providers first. And that's kind of carrying through to our blog and to our YouTube channel. So our YouTube channel is youtube.com slash 1000xp. Our sort of primary show on there right now is called Board Game Design Time. And we're basically trying to inspire people to design games for fun. We don't look at it from like a business perspective necessarily. We're just like, hey, if you have a game design idea, you should try it out. It's a lot of fun. It's a great hobby. Uh, we kind of consider ourselves the Bob Ross of game design. We're basically <laughs> like everyone should and can do this. Yeah. Uh, and the blog is an extension of that. And like the first post, I think, if I'm not mistaken, the first post I made uh, that was a blog post was really a reaction that I had about uh, asking the gaming community 
what was getting in the way of them creating and designing games. And a lot of the responses that I got back were like, oh, well, I'm not a game designer or why would I design a game? Like, you know, I, it, why is my idea good or, or bad or whatever, you know? And so my first blog post that I made was 10 reasons to design games and none of them have to do with money. They're all about like, you know, enriching yourself as, as like a hobbyist, you know, learning a, a greater appreciation for games and all that kind of stuff. And so from the very beginning, like we wanted to inspire people. Uh, and that's kind of what 1000 XP was all about. So that's kind of the content that we create is just like, you know, tips and tricks. And it's a lot of it is like, you know, if you're a seasoned veteran of game design and you go off to board game design time, you might be like, oh, I already know all that stuff. And, and, you know, there might be little tidbits in there for you as well. But ultimately, like our goal is to get that person who really loves games, has this game idea in their head and and is too afraid to make a prototype. We want them to make a prototype. Um, and then through that, through making that content, that opens up other opportunities like, for example, a Kickstarter for a game that we're designing. And then it sort of all spirals spirals together and creates what 1000 XP is, which is really like a content creation, game publishing, uh, design studio, um, you know, whatever else we decided to, you know, dip our toes into basically. You bring up a really good point. It really needs to be passion first, heart driven, not money driven, because people are going to know. You talked about being like a used car salesman, being real salesman earlier. Gosh, man, gamers, they know. Like, you, you can't yep. really slip anything by them from what I've found. Just in seeing, like, different Kickstarter pro projects of people kind of getting in that used car salesman vibe, and people call it out, and they will destroy you in the comments. They will destroy you online. And so, it really, it, it has to be passion-driven first, just having a heart to help people in some way. And then down the road, if that leads to helping you get your Kickstarter funded or helping you get a book published, whatever it is, that's awesome. But I feel like just from personal experience, like if I went into this podcast thinking, okay, I'm going to start this podcast and then that's going to lead to this, lead to this, lead to this, and then I'm going to make some money. I feel like it wouldn't work. I feel like people would know that. And so it really, it has to start. And for me, it started with, man, I, I really wish there were some more resources out there for people like me to just get better at game design because I'm not very good. And so I want to get better. And I feel like there's a lot of people out there in the same boat. And so what can I do to help them? And, and, and learn myself. And I feel like when you start with that heart in mind and a passion in mind, things do a whole lot better. Also, you're, you're kind of likely to burn out. Like, I, I don't know if you've experienced, yeah. like, if, if you're just creating content for content's sake or creating content because, well, maybe one day I'll get paid, you're probably just going to not do it because it's just, it's not coming from your heart. It's trying to come from your wallet. And that's just... Ah oh, man, we're not in an industry where that's going to work. The margins are too thin. <laughs> right. The, the margins are too thin. The community is too small, yeah. right? So you you can, you know, you burn a bridge and there's not that many other bridges that yep. are left to be burned, you know? So you have to go into it with with the mindset that you were going to provide for other people. Like, you know, when I started NPC Cast, like I said around 4 years ago, maybe almost four and a half years ago, you know, we we knew my friend Aaron and Dell and I knew that we wanted to somehow be involved in the community. And we knew that being involved in the community would give us an opportunity to design and create things that we wanted to create. But when we started the show, it wasn't like, okay, how are we can, we had that kind of broad strategy in mind, like be involved in the community and then eventually make stuff. But it, but the show had to be pure yeah, because like you said, people can sort of sniff it out and you have to actually go into every piece of content that you're making with the mindset of, is this helping other people? Yeah. Like, um, it, it's just, it's so integral to the, for the model to work. And you know, if, if there's people out there 
who are not doing their diligence and are not passionate about what they're creating and are just doing it to try to make, you know, quote unquote, a quick buck. And I say and I put quotes around it because, you know, four years later I made I did one Kickstarter. It's not exactly a quick <laughs> buck. Yeah. Uh, but, you know, if people are in it for the wrong reasons, uh, like you said, they'll get burnt out and then people will eventually sort of, you know, just be repulsed by by this. So you have to really treat the community with respect. And then there is kind of a, of, of a trust there. Like you have to trust in, you know, the fact that you doing good things for other people is going to be able to uh, come back to you, you know, sort of karmically, right? Like yeah. you put it out good into the world and good will come back to you. And the last garden, which is the Kickstarter we just did was a wonderful example of that. And I try to tell people, uh, you know, who ask, Oh, you know, what did you do before the campaign to, you know, make it successful and all these things. And yeah, there's little, you know, things you can do. There's ads you can buy and you can do, you know, go on forums and do whatever you want. But all that stuff really is going to make such a small impact on the overall success of the campaign. What really mattered for our campaign is that three and a half to four years of work that we put in just being, you know, stewards of the community, just talking to people, being friendly, going out of our way to help as many people as we can. And then those are the people that retweeted our game, who backed us on day one, who told their friends to back us. And that's kind of what you want to build. You want to build relationships as much as possible. In some ways, like content marketing is almost like uh, a throwback to old school style of of business, you know, like you would go door to door, meet the people in your neighborhood and you would form a, a relationship with them. If you're if you're you know, you're the uh, the carpet installers, you're going to go around to all the houses in your neighborhood. You're going to say, hey, Joe, it's really nice to meet you. I have some tips on how you can, you know, uh, keep your carpets clean or whatever. If you ever need replacement, come to me, I'll help you out. And, and it was face to face, like hand to hand combat, you know, uh, and that's kind of what I think is is missing now with a lot of the people who try to shortcut it is they're not willing to put in the work to make those one-on-one -on -one interactions and and sometimes it's going to cons meeting people face to face but it could also be replying to comments getting into uh facebook threads and you know answering questions that might not be directed to you and and doing it from a place where you're actually going to go and like um you know, be supportive and helpful to the community. You had, you know, Jamie Stegmeyer on your show, um, a f you know, a, f a few weeks back yep. and like he can put out whatever he wants to put out and I'm going to be there on day one backing it yep. no matter what it is, because I read his blog like religiously, like yep. I followed his blog and he, he gave so put so much into the Kickstarter, you know, creative community that I'm going to support that man with whatever he does, you know, he, he put out a book. I bought the book. It was a great book. So I backed his game too. And those are the types of things that, that, uh, that I think content marketing can do for you is you're not just trying to get customers. You're trying to build relationships. And then again, all you're really asking at the end is like, Hey, you know, I, I'll, I'll still continue to help you whenever I can, but if you can support me in this project, that would be great. If not, no hard feelings. Yeah. You know, it's building up that rapport and, and being able to go in and ask people to support you um, and not come off as, you know, needy or ungrateful. Yeah. And also not like, not like you're trying to bait and switch somebody. Hey, I gave you this. Now you have to give me that. No, that's not what it's about. Right. I was going to give you this anyway. Yeah, th yeah. That's that's a big thing, too, is like, um, you know, it, it was a. Uh, 
going back to uh, Gary Vaynerchuk, who, you know, if people are listening to this and they want, you know, a, a brief rundown of how content marketing works, like you can look at Gary Vaynerchuk. He had his personality is a little bit uh, aggressive. He's he's very much like a New Yorker. Yeah. So a lot of people kind of get rubbed the wrong way. But when you cut through all that stuff, he has a lot of good principles. And it's funny because in one of his books, he talks about someone asking him, well, how can I make my content? How, how can I disguise my sales pitch as a content? And he was really, really upset at that question because yeah. he's like, you're doing it wrong. Right. That's not what you do. That's not what I teach. That's not – he's like, that's the reason that people hate salespeople. Yep. It's not about that. You have to be genuine and you have to say, look, you, you have to draw that de delineation and say, all this stuff that I've given you, I've given you because I want to help you. This thing, I'm asking for your support. Point blank. I would like you, I would really appreciate if you would check out my Kickstarter and back it if it's a game that you think looks awesome. That's it. And you have to like, you, you don't want to be coy or sly about that. Yeah. You know, I, I read a lot of stuff, watched a lot of YouTube videos, subscribed to a lot of different blogs and, and different uh, websites that talked about marketing. You know, when I was first starting this podcast, I thought, man, I don't, I don't know that much. Let me, let me try to learn as much as I can about how to bring in subscribers and bring in traffic and all those things. And gosh, so much of that stuff was exactly what you're just saying. People trying to hide a sales pitch inside uh, content or, or, or messing yep. with people's psychology or doing them like, gosh, this, this is just doesn't feel right. I don't, I don't feel right like doing any of these tactics. And so I unsubscribe yep. from all that garbage. And it's like, you know what? I'm just gonna, I'm just gonna do everything I can to help people. If they send me an email and ask a question, I'm gonna answer it every time. You know, and just like yep. the basic, like this isn't some, super difficult thing. It's just about getting out there and helping people. And one thing I love about Gary Vaynerchuk, and I don't know if he's still in this mindset because this was a few years ago. I saw this video and he's gotten like worldwide, you know, global now and all yeah, the he's stuff he's now. doing, but he had this video he put out and the video was titled one is greater than zero. And the whole thing, the whole thing was him talking about how he didn't care how big somebody's podcast was, how big their blog was, how big their YouTube tube channel was. If they had one subscriber, or one, if he got one view on it, then that was better than zero. And he would just hustle mm -hmm. and grind and do whatever it took just to get out, get his name out there, get the content out there, help as many people as possible, knowing that one is always greater than zero. You know, getting up off the couch is always better than just sitting on the couch mentality. And I thought that was so cool. It's like, yeah, it's not about helping a million people. It's about helping one person right now and then, yep. and then helping the next person, the next person, the next person. And I feel like if you just take the big picture and just like scope it all the way down, this doesn't seem as undoable. Because a lot of people are like, well, I don't have time. You know, I've got this job. I do this. i got my family. I don't have time to, to write a thousand-word blog post. Well, it's not about that. I don't have time to put out an hour podcast a week. Well, you don't have to. It's not like right. this formula where you have to do these things. Just help people. You know, content, like you're saying, content's very easy now. Get on the Facebook Guild and just answer a question. Go to yep. the Board Game Design Forum, bgdf.com, BGDF and just help somebody just answer a question they say hey does this look good you go no it doesn't look good <laughs> or or yeah it looks great yeah. that's i mean that's like four words you know but you're yeah. helping somebody in some way you're building relationships uh, and like you said a moment ago you know don't burn those bridges we live in an industry very small you burn some bridges on board game geek mm -hmm. and you've burned all the bridges <laughs> like yeah. there ain't no other websites that you can really go to i mean that's if you burn that bridge you burn it uh, and so just realizing that, but let's, let's talk about how you kind of decide on content. So, so what, what's your process for saying, okay, I'm going to make this into a blog post or a video or a podcast or, or something like that. Yeah. So, so for, for us, like, so my background, I went to college for uh, film and video production. Oh, cool. So I, I have an affinity. I, I, I like 
the the medium of video. You know, I I get the medium of video. But when we started, it was a, with a podcast. We started with a podcast called NPC Cast. And I, in the time, I was still working uh, at the same game store that I work at now, but I was working in the fulfillment department. Uh, so I was actually just packing orders for our, our online sales, and I was and I discovered podcasts and started listening to podcasts. And it was probably like my naivete, but I just was I wasn't finding a podcast that w- was giving me the type of uh, tabletop games content that I was looking for, which is like you know just basically like GM tips and DM tips and that kind of stuff. Um, you know, in hindsight, like I said, there were probably were were some, but I was new to the format in general. So I was like, you know what? Like I could record something with my friends and I had two friends that were also, you know, kind of um, characters in their own right. You know, they're outgoing personalities. And and so we kind of just decided that we were going to do an audio podcast and that kind of it was, you know, the starting point. Uh, And then eventually over time, you know, I decided that um, I wanted to also start making the video content. And that's kind of where Board Game Design Time came from. Uh, And then the written stuff was more of just I wanted something um, that, that people could, that I could work on, like, you know, wherever I was at and that people could check out kind of at their leisure. Right. I just yeah. felt like, you know, now I, everyone has, you know, mobile phones and I should have thought about that. I don't really consume YouTube on my mobile phone that much, but you know, people obviously can watch videos anywhere, but I just wanted something that people could like, you know, check out for a couple of minutes and, and, and be good to go with. Uh, and so that's when I did the written content. But for me, like, I think that all of the, whatever platform, you're drawn to is the one that you should go with. Uh, I think that sometimes people will sort of like, you know, hamstring themselves and they'll be like, Oh, well I can't make a video. Okay. Well, can you like write a blog or, you know, Oh, I can't, I'm not really a good writer. Okay. Well, can you like, you know, make a vlog and just record yourself with your iPhone and, and do some video stuff. So really, I think that I would encourage people to kind of do whatever they can. Um, the, the nice thing with, with content is that, uh, you know, whatever path you choose, you can find a lane and kind of fit in that lane. Uh, so for us, like, you know, on the day-to-day process, it really comes down to where we're at, how much time we have. Because we just got through running a Kickstarter and we're not like a huge company, it's just two of us, you know, and we both have full-time jobs. Like, you know, that Kickstarter took a lot of our energy and a lot of our time. Uh, so now, you know, the thing that Matt and I are most excited about is here like in the in the small like you know two week window between when we uh we get the Kickstarter funds and when we have to like you know get all our files sh- sent off and stuff we have time to kind of sit back and we're doing a lot of script writing and a lot of that kind of stuff for board game design time because that's kind of what uh, we really enjoy doing. Um, I personally, like I said, you know at the beginning of this, like I love video because it just lets me sort of talk and be myself and uh, I think that once I'm on camera. I feel like my passion is really sort of readable and I think that people can relate to me a little bit more and they see how excited I get uh, making other people excited about game design and that's really important to me. And so I, I, I tend to like video, but it's not like mandatory. I would definitely say for anyone, like you were saying, do what you can. If yeah. you don't have the time to do any of that stuff, jump on Facebook You know, when you're you know, taking a bathroom break or when you're like on your lunch break and just get on the Facebook groups and start asking, you know, answering questions and, and asking questions and getting involved with that. I think there's, there's always a way to do it. And really like, you know, for people who might not even have a game that they're trying to, you know, market or, or are just starting out this process. Remember that like four years ago when I started doing NPC cast, we didn't have a game like last garden, you know, wasn't around. We just knew that, Hey, this is something, this is an industry that I want to be involved with. 
And we knew that even if all we did was make a few episodes of a podcast and make some new friends, like that would be a worthwhile yeah. goal in the, in the end of the day. We were happy with that. And so you don't need to go out to, with this like master plan. Just go and start helping people. Yep. And then once you do it enough, you'll you'll realize if you want to do it some more or what to do next. Yeah. And so many people I've talked to, that desire to just help out has led to so many cool jobs in the industry. I've talked to so many people that said, yeah, I just started out volunteering at Gen Con to help somebody with their booth. And then two years yeah. later, they offered me a job because they knew I, you know, I love the company, I love their game, all that. And it's like, wait, you work, you work in the industry because you just had a heart for it, a passion, and you volunteered and you helped people out to demo yeah. games. I mean, so many people. That's how it started out. But I think you know, a big thing is to realize you don't have to be an expert. You don't have to have published twenty games and and you know know all these ins and outs of design theory and psychology and all of this. You you just have to have an opinion, just have an idea, yeah. just have something you you enjoy, you love, you want to talk about. You don't, I mean, you don't have to be Matt Leacock or Eric Lang or anybody no. like that to get on there and just say, yeah, that color doesn't work with that other color. When somebody says, hey, what do you think about this card? Or, or what do you think about this game idea? I go, oh, okay, have you thought about this mechanic or have you played this game? You don't have to be an expert. Yeah, and, and I think that that's really imp an important thing to, to highlight is that uh, I don't want people to think like, oh, you know, I don't really necessarily want to publish or something like that. Like, you know, getting involved in the community is going to help you no matter what you want to do in that community. If you want to, you know, be a become a volunteer for game companies and get, you know, free badges to some conventions, yep. get involved in the community. If you want to eventually design a game and pitch it to a publisher, get involved with the community. Like that's all can kind of can happen. And what you're saying is exactly right. You look at a lot of content creators, one of the, um, you know, most consistent uh, for the past few years, at least, um, you know, game design podcast has been building the game. And literally when uh, when those two guys started, their entire sh premise for their show was we are learning how to design games and we're going to document the process. And we're and you listen to that show and you're and if you're also in that same boat, you're learning along with them. And they never ever, you know, get on the show and, and are dogmatic and say, like, this is how you do everything. But they let you be a part of their process. And and that is valuable. Like even if you were to get onto these forums and share, you know, like, oh, hey, here's my prototype. I play tested it. You know, here's a problem I had. What do you guys think? And starting that conversation, getting that dialogue going, yep. that is still providing value for people. It's giving someone uh, something that they can sort of talk about. It's maybe highlight highlighting a problem that you have in a in a play test that someone else might be having, and you know, or or they might. Uh, not be having yet, but eventually will have, and you can help them sort of learn from your mistakes as well. And so, yeah, of course, like, you know, if Eric Lang's on a podcast, I'm going to listen to it because he's Eric Lang. Right. But I get a lot of value too from listening to, to new designers and, and especially for someone like me who, you know, is trying to position myself in a way that to really inspire people. Like I love reading, uh, you know, blog posts from new designers because it helps me know what, you know, I can help other people with. So I think just, just it's really about putting yourself out there and being, you know, an engaging person and and doing it always, always with, with the mindset of helping other people. Like that's that's the, the core element. Right. Like yeah. when you go out there and you and you post about your play test that you're doing, don't post because you want, you know, likes or you want people to lavish you with praise. Go out there and post because other people might be able to learn something from your process. And And once you have that mindset, I think whatever else you do, no matter the medium, no matter how frequently you do it, no matter how, uh, you know, where you do it, I think that you're going to see, you know, some level of success. Yeah. And, you know, content can be so many different things. You know, last, last night, this happened yesterday, uh, Chris Kirkman from over at Dice Hate Me Games, 
an awesome mm-hmm. guy. I interviewed him uh, last week for the show. Really excited about that episode. But he posted just a picture after a play test. He said, just finished a play test and had a picture of like the end game. And I was looking at it. I was just kind of looking at it, trying to check out the game. And I saw a card. And the way this card was designed gave me an idea on how to fix a problem that I'm dealing with right now in one of the games I'm working on. Like nice. that, that was it. Just a picture. And I was like, oh, man. The way that looks, I could I could work that just a little bit differently, and that's going to solve solve an issue that I'm dealing with. And that was just a picture on Twitter. Like you never yep. know when just random little pieces of information, or a question, or a comment, or you know anything is going to help somebody in in their journey and what they're doing. So never feel like oh well, I'll, you know all I could do is maybe post a picture. Well, that might be enough. That's something that's getting some content out there. Yeah, and it, and and I think that it's really about keying into. Uh, whatever it is that you feel uh, you can offer. And I guarantee everyone out there has something that they can offer. I was talking to someone last night. So uh, a friend of mine, Aaron, is organizing these like game design work meetings where we get a bunch of game designers together at a coffee shop and we don't necessarily like play test, but it's like, hey, I'm going to I'm going to put my headphones on, you know, type out some last garden stuff with other designers near me just because it's nice to work around other people. Sometimes, yeah. you know, you get stuck in your office and you're like doing your stuff on your own. It's nice to be around other people. But I was talking to one of the designers there, a guy by the name of Joseph, who has a game coming up called uh, Fantastic Factories, I believe. Uh, he was at the, the South, uh, the PAX South showcase and all that kind of stuff. So but but uh, Joseph is doing all the graphic design for his game himself. And he's like, yeah, you know, I, I don't know. He's like, I really am unsure. I'm not really a super great graphic designer. So I'm kind of trying to figure out if I'm going to you know, hire an illustrator or a graphic designer and that kind of stuff. And I think the, the his work looks really awesome. And I was like, Joseph, like this work is awesome. Mm-hmm. And you might not think it's that awesome, but you have to recognize that you have something special going for you that other people don't have. And it's really hard for creative people across the board to identify when like something comes sort of easier to them than it does to others. So often we're like, we're always worried about the things that are, we're not good at that. We don't stop and look at the things we are good at. And so I think it's really important for creative people to just like try to be self-aware and try to be, uh, you know, help each other out and, and build each other up and recognize, sometimes you have to recognize it in your fellow creatives and, and convince them because they don't always see it for themselves. But, you know, it could be like, hey, are you good at copy editing? Take a look at some people's rules. Are you good at, uh, you know, graphic design? Help, you know, share some graphic design tips. Whatever it is, I think it's helpful. Yeah, and even if it's just a an opinion of saying, hey, this is really good. Because like you're saying, creative people so often, our, our main question is, well, what if they don't like it? Or, or even goes further than that, what if they don't like me? You know, And so if you can just kind of encourage somebody, not lie to them, not tell them their stuff's great when it sucks. That's not what I'm saying, but be an honest right. uh, opinion and say, hey, this is really good. This needs to change a little bit. There's so much value in that. Now, another thing I love are design journals. I love going and reading about a, a designer's process, and there's pictures, and there's, you know, mechanisms that changed and the reasons I love that whole like behind the scenes thing. And really that doesn't take a whole, you don't have to like come up with content. It's just right about your, like, what are you experiencing right now? What are you struggling with right now? Take some pictures of your prototype yeah. right now and then kind of post that all along or wait till the end when the game's done, then post it all at once, whatever. But anybody can do that. That's you don't have to be a good writer to, to kind of put your thoughts on a page. Yeah, that that's a really great point. And, and that's another thing that I think might, uh, surprise some people is sometimes it's not necessarily about creating content. Yeah. It's just about documenting Reporting. what you're doing. Yeah. Just say like, Hey, here's my play test. Here's my prototype. You know, here's some of the cards I'm working on. Just document it. 
and share it with people. Mm -hmm. And that will eventually, you know, that will build up in in the same way. Uh, You know, sometimes it's really hard for for me to sit down and be like, okay, I'm going to write a blog post, you know, like I'm going to write about this topic, but it's a lot easier for me to sit down and just start writing about like what I did today in game design or the play test that we did last night, those types of things. I think that, uh, you know, if you're, if you, if you build it up to be something bigger than it is, it it, it can be a little bit overwhelming, but that's why it's important to just do it the same way with like making, making prototypes and, and play testing games is, you know, if you sit with your game design and you have it in your head and you don't ever uh, make, make a prototype and get it play tested, it'll eventually build up to the point where you never want to make that prototype. You're afraid that it's yep. imperfect. That's why you have to rapidly prototype and get it out there as quickly as possible. And in some ways, I think content is the same way. You know, don't let yourself get uh, bogged down by the details when you could just put it out there and move on to the next piece. Yeah. And I think in any creative field, don't operate in a vacuum. Like you were saying, get out there and talk to other designers, work with other other designers, ask their opinions, uh, ask what they think about different things. Because when you operate in a vacuum, a lot of times you miss what's really going on in reality. You miss the trends, you miss what works. When you operate in a vacuum, you end up with a really cool roll and move game. You know, oh, I got this game, it's got this really cool mechanic, you roll a die and then you move. It's like, whoa, you're 20 years late, buddy. You know, and so get out there and just be part of the community in some way. And good things are going to happen. Like you were saying before, build relationships because people trust people. You know, when I watch a commercial, I'm like, man, is this really a good product for me to buy? I don't know. But if a friend of mine was like, hey, man, you really need to buy this product. I mean, okay, absolutely. I'd buy it right away because I trust him. You know, I don't really trust commercials. I don't trust ads. I don't trust Kickstarter videos. People say, oh, you need to have uh, your your face and and people connect and all that. It's like, yeah, but who are you? Like, I've... I don't know you. And so it's a lot, the, the gap between me trusting you is so much bigger when I don't have any idea who you are. And that's that's interesting that you say that because that's also one of, uh, you know, we, we haven't really touched on it in this episode because, you know, obviously there's a lot of uh, content that you can consume about content marketing. But yeah. one of the, the things that makes it such a powerful marketing tool and one of the reasons I like it the most is when you're creating stuff that's valuable for people, they'll share it for you. Yeah. And that's what you want to do is you want to find people who are, are affected and, and who get value out of the stuff that you're making because they're going to be the, be the ones to share it. And, and because of what you're saying about the way that word of mouth you know, works, sharing stuff, you know, finding a video I like and putting it on my friend's Facebook wall, that's word of mouth now. And so if you're going at it with a pure heart and you're making content to help other people out, they're more likely to share that stuff when it does, you know, resonate with them. So I think that that's kind of one of the, the side perks of content marketing in general is that it just it's it's easily shareable. Yeah, definitely. Now, what advice would you give? Now we've been talking a lot of different things, but if you're gonna, uh, you know, just kind of be real concise about advice for, for somebody who's maybe sitting on the fence, thinking I don't have time, I can't do this, I don't, I don't have a video camera, I don't know how to do all. What advice would you give somebody that's just sitting there, kind of thinking, man, I'd kind of like to, but I don't know. So the, the the main piece of advice that I would give is uh, again don't sweat the details get in there as you know the the, the smoothest way possible uh, one of the things that Jamie Stegmeyer has talked about on his blogs and uh, in, in just in terms of networking is this notion of every day find someone online that you admire and let them know that you like their work yeah. And just sort of set that goal for yourself or say, you know what, I want to be more involved in the community. I'm going to make an effort, you know, five minutes, 10 minutes a day to jump on to my favorite BGG forum or Reddit 
or Facebook, and I'm going to just get involved with the community and like, you know, answer people's questions and give my opinion on stuff and sort of just get into the routine and the habit of kind of putting yourself out there. Uh, and then when it comes to, you know, reaching out to other, other forms of content, remember that, you know, it's more important to be yourself and to be a human being than it is to be perfect. Yeah. So if you're making a video, you can make it with your iPhone. You can, you know, record yourself, you know, outside on your deck or, you know, in your garage, whatever you need to do and just make it. Chevy Dodd, he, uh, he works with uh, Portal Games. Uh, he has a daily, I think it's called the Daily Shed uh, on YouTube. It's a daily vlog that he does. It's literally a, a camera that he set up and he just chats every single morning about stuff. And it's not necessarily game design, but he is a game designer as well. So it's that same, he's in my sphere of influence, I yeah. guess. Uh, so I, I think it's really important about just being personable and not, again, not striving to make something polished. Uh, in some ways, you know, if you go at you go at it and like your your content is too slick and too overproduced, then it kind of has that that effect. Well, it's like, well, okay, wait, are they really trying? Are they trying to sell me something? Like, why does this look so good? You know, so I think it's more about putting your personality out there. And I think the main thing is just doing it as quickly as possible. It's, kinda, it's like ripping off a Band-Aid. Yeah. You know, make a video, put it up, don't think about it. Like, just do it. And and I think that's going to be the way to uh, to get started. Yeah. And I think, you know, once you start getting out there, putting your name out there, meeting people, building relationships, going to conventions, whatever, you find out this is like the friendliest industry in the world. Yes. Cause like I just meet so many incredibly friendly people in board games, wonderful, giving, generous, kind people that are just willing to give up their time, give up their, you know, uh, experience and say, Oh yeah, I tried that. It was, it didn't work out. Don't ever do that. You know, where in most industries they would like conceal all of that because they want you to fail because if you fail, maybe they can succeed. Where in board right. games, it seems like, well, if you succeed, then I can succeed. We can all succeed at the same time. Like if we all bring more gamers into this, then we all win. And so it's like this kind of big team thing going on. Not that there's not competition, not, you know, it's not totally pure, but it's like one of the more pure industries I've ever, ever encountered. Yeah, it, it's interesting because when it comes to like to sort of, you know, competition, uh, I've been in you know the bar industry, I've been in the retail industry uh, and, and the games industry by far. It's like it's it's strange how much people sort of give to one another and yeah. share with one another, uh, you know, I, and, and I think that part of that is the fact that we're in a tabletop renaissance so that. You know, there's just, it's just, it's growing all the time and there's, and, you know, there's no need, there's no need for, you know, companies to like, you know, beat each other's throats. Everyone can be friendly with one another because this is a growing hobby uh, that only has more room to grow and it's only going to get bigger. And it's the type of, it's a hobby based on people being face to face and being kind to one another. Yeah. And, and it's about, and, it's, and, and also about, you know, creating like joyful experiences. Right. And so I think those kind those kind of things, like you're going to get people who are just going to go out of their way to really, uh, you know, just be super friendly and super supportive. And, and trust me, like it, it won't take long. You jump on Twitter, like board game Twitter. Uh, you know, there's tons of people out there that are super supportive and, you know, everyone is, is ready to make a new friend. So, yeah, not that there aren't bad apples, not that there aren't people that go on rants and will just of like course. be awful and trolls, but that's life. Yeah, yeah. But like 90 something percent of the folks in board games are just amazing. Now, Chris, you yeah. got any kind of final thoughts? Final thoughts. So my big thing is, is, uh, 
you know, 1000 XP, we're all about inspiring people and, and encouraging creativity. And so what I want to do is I want to leave everyone here with a challenge and I want you to make something and you can make it, you can make a blog post, you can make a video, you can make a, an audio podcast, whatever it is, get on Twitter, tag me on it at NPC Chris, share it with me so I can share it with everyone. And I just want to see people make stuff. Share it with me so I can share with others because, like that to me is is a big thing. We talked about uh, this idea of you know zero versus one and the idea of, of affecting one person. Uh, so if if one of your listeners would do me the honor of doing that, that would mean a lot to me because you know when Matt and I get to see YouTube comments or we get emails from people who are like, oh, you know, I I was always on the fence with this game idea, but I I finally made a prototype or you know especially people who have children are like, yeah, you know my my son or my daughter heard or watched your show and you know wanted to make a game like that stuff really means a lot to us so if you would do me that honor uh that would be awesome tell you what just had this idea all right so coming up on twenty five thousand downloads for the podcast and i don't know mm-hmm. if that's amazing i don't know if that's awful but to me it's nuts because like we started this three months ago three and so like twenty five thousand is crazy to me so i wanted to do a contest a giveaway just to celebrate let's do this yeah. everyone that Post something, a blog post, a video, a two-minute YouTube thing, uh, a, a picture with a bunch of you know cool things you got going on your prototype. Anyone that does that to celebrate 25,000 downloads of the podcast, which is nuts. It's just crazy to me. And thank you guys for listening. Thank you for downloading. Thank you for going to the website. And, and so many emails I've received of just really good questions, really wonderful, encouraging words. Thank you, you guys. You guys are an amazing community. Cannot wait to see uh, where this thing is going. But let's let's do a let's do a giveaway. Let's let's give away a free game to anybody who creates something, right? After this podcast launches, it'll launch on a Wednesday. So from Wednesday to Wednesday, you got a week to create something, post it on Twitter, throw the hashtag. What hashtag you want to use, Chris? Let's do BGDL. BGDL. With shows initials. All right. Hashtag BGDL. And just you can post a picture with some, you know, descriptions of your prototype. You can post a quick vlog, a quick blog. Anything like that. Just post something. Just create something that talks about games or gaming or your game in particular, your prototype, whatever. Create something, anything. And anyone that does that will go into a drawing uh, for a free game from Cool Stuff, Inc. Any game you want, right? We'll, we'll probably put like a 50 buck <laughs> maximum on that. Uh, $50 yeah, maximum. I'll, I'll match it. I'll match it. So if, if they want to go up to 100 we can do that. Awesome. Now, is that one game or two games? Let's do one game up to 100 and I feel like I, I feel like someone's gonna be like I'm gonna fi- find something ninety nine ninety nine. They're gonna really like milk it. <laughs> That's right. Find, find a game you want. We'll work out the details. Awesome. So hundred dollar limit. Any game you want from Cool Stuff Inc. Uh, for this giveaway. Anybody just create something and then share it with the hashtag BGDL. Really excited to see what you guys come up with because you guys are awesome. I've had so many people send me cool ideas about the stuff they're working on, the games they're working on. So really excited to see that. Well, cool, man, Chris. Love having you on the show. Incredible wisdom, incredible insight on things. We're actually about to head to a, uh, a bonus round. I want to ask you about the, the RPG elements, the role-playing game elements, that you would like to see show up in more board games. Uh, you've got mm. a really cool uh, YouTube video series thing where you talk about RPGs, and, and I've, I've seen some videos on that, so I'm really interested to hear what you think uh, can be more injected into the tabletop board game scene from our, the RPG world. So, Chris, really appreciate you having, on, appreciate having you on the show. Excited about the contest and, and seeing where that goes. Yeah, sounds good. Thanks for listening. 
Find all sorts of game design resources, bonus material, and chances to win free games at BoardGameDesignLab.com. And until next time, keep designing, keep playtesting, and keep creating great games. Did I mention keep playtesting?